Welcome to Supergirl's Attic. I'm Cycles. And I'm Vivi. And this episode is our win shot episode, just in time for him to return for season five. Thought it would be a good time to dive into his character a little bit more. And we also had a couple of people ask if we could do him next for our character profile series. So here you go. Yes. And this should provide a bit of a recap in terms of him not having been here for a whole season and understanding where he is in terms of his character development and where we should expect him to be when he returns. Well, maybe. Depending. (laughs) I have my theories. Ooh. (laughs) So as always, I think it's a good idea to start with a character, whether you're writing or whether you're analyzing them, by figuring out what their core belief is. Core belief is a psychological term referring to sort of simplistic base ideas that we have about ourselves. Often it's like a fear that, for instance, you'll be abandoned. And it sounds very childish and simplistic. And that's why it helps to figure out what it is in therapy, for instance, so that you can tackle it head on and be like, this isn't logical. Everyone isn't going to abandon me. For example, we have a couple characters on Supergirl with that specific thing. Obviously, Kara has issues with abandonment. Lena also has issues in terms of that, but they are very different in that cars are rooted in this huge loss that occurred in her, you know, formative years mm. when she was 13. She lost her entire world and her family. Whereas Lena has the sense that people are going to leave her emotionally. And that informs how both of them interact with the world. And for Wynn, his core belief took a little bit for me to figure out because he's got a lot going on in terms of his childhood and things that have shaped him. But I believe his core belief is that he doesn't deserve anything, particularly in relation to deserving family or deserving success. And we see this inform his behavior. And the way that I sort of deduced this was by looking at the way he talks about his childhood and what we've learned about that in terms of this very sort of core traumatic event when his father, like, quote unquote, snapped and became the toy man and killed people. Yeah. And when has, because of the way that that occurred from his point of view as a child, that he was a good dad and very similar to him, he has formed this fear that he will one day snap too. And it sort of informs this sense of low self-worth for Wynn. And then there's also this aspect, which is when his mother didn't show up after his father was arrested and just never appeared again. So the sense of abandonment. But when Wynn talks about it after he reconnects with his mother in season three, he says, I had realized so much of my baggage was tied into her abandoning me. Like all my life, I never felt like I deserved anything. And that was a helpful phrase in terms of figuring out how Wynn sees the world. It also makes sense in terms of how he's talked about his situation when he was a kid in foster care Mm -hmm. and a conversation he had with Alex and saying that it's nothing but being told how grateful you should be that someone is taking care of you. So the sense that he doesn't innately deserve any of the things that he was getting within that family setting, that he doesn't innately deserve to be protected, loved care for it, etc. And the thing about core beliefs is that it colors the way you see the world and it also colors your own behavior. So for Wynn, there are some negative effects that we've seen in terms of him bottling his anger up. He says, I've spent my entire life just trying to forget what he did, referring to his father, trying not to be consumed by this anger that I have for him. And it's often related to his sense of low self-worth. But then he lashes out Mm. a few times that we've seen in the series, which is sort of an interesting observation that you can make over time with the character. As you're saying all of this, I'm like, huh, 
He's a lot like Alex in that way. <laughs> yeah. With the lashes out thing. Mm. I remember thinking about that. And it's in a different way than the way Lena lashes out. It just has a different kind of quality to it. Yeah. It comes from a different emotional place yeah. that's sometimes a little bit disconnected from what the other person said. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Wynn or with Alex, it's usually in direct response to feeling hurt by the other person in a way they weren't expecting. Yeah. There's like a level of detachment from reality with Lena. You don't say. <laughs> might be related to the fact that all her trauma comes from watching her mom die while she stood there in shock. <laughs> true. Well, also the interpersonal trauma in terms of her family. Uh, true. Yeah. They don't believe in emotions. <laughs> but for Wynn, it's interesting because when he talks about like his anger, he says, and now every time I start to get angry, I think, could this be it? Could this be the day that I lose everything? So there's a sense that if he doesn't behave a certain way, things will be taken away from him so that he doesn't have like unconditional kinds of relationships. Yeah. Well, and it's important to remember, though, a lot of the reason that he's so afraid that if he gets angry, he's going to become his dad is because he recognizes that they were very alike yeah. in a lot of ways when he was little. And he identified with that, obviously, being, you know, a young boy. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic that he has this urge to bottle up his anger based on his fear of becoming his father, because the bottling it up is what tends to cause him to later on lash out in anger in a way that is more harmful than if he had addressed it head on. So some examples of this are like when Kara is caught hugging James in season one and Wynn is hurt. He says, you live on like a different level than the rest of us. So we have the sense that and he also like doesn't tell her that he's into her. Yeah, but then he acts disappointed that she's into someone else and kind of takes it out on her, which is immature. But yeah, it's related because he doesn't tell her in the first place because he has low self-worth and then he takes it really hard again because he has low self-worth and then bottles that up and lashes out and, and says like, you're never going to have the normal boy meets girl. Okay, the superhero never gets the guy. Which is mean. Yeah. Although, also, if you watch a lot of superhero movies, true. Yeah. He's, he's definitely pulling from like total superhero tropes. and Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. It's actually a very interesting way to perceive it because when played a very traditional fanish role in season one of like certain aspects of everything they were dealing with and like connecting it to sort of pop culture things would make sense for him. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. And then another example in season three for this sort of behavior is when he's stressed about monitoring to make sure that Supergirl returns from space safely. And earlier on in the episode, Jean and Wynne had a conversation where Jean sort of emphasized how awful the situation was. So Wynne's not in a good place emotionally. And then Ruby is just kind of there <laughs> trying to talk to him and like get him to engage with her. And he ends up lashing out at her and talking about how stressed he is when she's in a pretty rough situation herself with Rain, her mom. And she's also like... 12. Yeah, that too. And he's an adult. Yes. It's interesting because we also have that sense of low self-worth again, where he kind of weirdly tells Ruby that he doesn't need help when she's 12. Like, <laughs> it's not like she is there to like make sure that he's doing the right things. And then we also have when he yells at James when he's feeling low about almost dying, which is kind of an ego hit while they were on Guardian Adventures in season two. Oh, is this the one where the guy comes by the van while Wynn is waiting for James mm -hmm. And then he almost gets, or he does get attacked and James manages to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he opens the door and the guy falls to the ground and he sort of celebrates Wynn. And then the guy gets back up and points a gun at him. Yeah, and then he gets 
obviously freaked out. Yes. And then James kind of tries to check on him and when interprets it as him not visiting for that reason and just gets upset and yells at him. I think it's interesting, though, in terms of these examples, because I'm not sure that Wynn always registers the effect that he has on people in some of the examples, mm. like the idea that he matters and has an impact. For instance, with Kara, his sort of like friendship break up with her. I wonder if that's why he came off so cold. And from our perspective, Kara's the lead character. So there's this emphasis on how she definitely feels hurt from the exchange. But I don't know that Wynn is thinking about how losing his friendship is a big deal, even though she spent the episode trying to emphasize that he's a really important part of her life. No, because this is still a few episodes before For the Girl Who Has Everything, which is when Alex verbalizes that realization to Jean. But it's relevant also for James and Wynne of how much Kara's friends and her real life outside of being a superhero are important to her and kind of ground who she is. Mm -hmm. So Wynn still, at this point, hasn't figured that out entirely yet, even though he knows he's one of the very few people Kara has voluntarily let into that world because he is important to her as a friend like that. It takes a bit for him to internalize some of the stuff that she says to him in that same episode when she tries to emphasize that he plays an important role. He doesn't quite believe it. And then related to that idea that Wynn has trouble valuing what he does for people, he also has trouble thinking he deserves success throughout the series mm. and has this whole journey with going from Kako to the DEO to working with Guardian and then, you know, space to... Space! <laughs> then eventually going to the future. It's a long process for him and it takes a lot of growth for him as a character to feel that he can do some of those things. And you see this start fairly early on in season one, laying this groundwork of bit because you have Wynn resolve some of the tech issues at Catco and Kara mentions Wynn's name to Cat and she's like, who? And then so after he's able to get the TVs back online in that emergency in Human for a Day way back at the start of the season and help Cat reach out to people on a human level because Supergirl isn't there, she recognizes that Wynn has talent and Wynn has value. And then later in the season... You have this really funny moment of Wynn to Kara being like, I liked it better when she didn't know who I was. <laughs> but from then on, she gives him that respect. And as a person in a high position of authority, that's a big deal narratively mm -hmm. in terms of recognizing Wynn's evolution of someone who other people value, but who maybe doesn't see that value in himself. Yeah, he starts off like as the IT guy, and then we see sort of the crazy things that he's capable of doing. And you might wonder why he was an IT person in a magazine to begin with, rather than yeah. I don't know, trying to be the next Steve Jobs or whatever. Well, and they set up early in the first season that he's a huge admirer of Max Lord and Lord mm -hmm. Tech. And it's like, well, why did he never try to work there or something like that? Or, you know, when we get L Corp introduced in season two, mm -hmm. because we do see him early in season two, even he's able to keep up with Lena. Yeah, who has L Corp. <laughs> well, but and who's also touted as this very talented kind of mechanical engineering person. Yeah. And that sort of made me think of when I was doing Wynn research, <laughs> when Wynn's father refers to Wynn's intelligence and says that genius that lesser people call madness that's inside of you, too. Which I wonder if it sort of skewed the way Wynn sees his own intelligence. Or his talent for certain kinds of things. Yes, they made him sort of shrink away from it more than he might have otherwise. Mm. Yeah, well, and that also 
keep in mind, while he and Kara and Lena have that similarity of being taken out of their initial, like, comfortable family position and losing parents, he's the only one who isn't then in at least a stable home for the rest of his childhood because he's in foster care. Yeah. As far as we know. Depending on how you define stable, yes. Well, I'm saying Lena at least had access to resources and good schools, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. Her issue was more emotional support. Yeah, but as far as we know, Wynn maybe didn't necessarily even have any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's also the potential of him not valuing or recognizing his talents, magnified by the fact that he also didn't have a lot of opportunities or moral support as a teenager in particular. Yeah. In the same way that, like... Obviously, Kara got a lot of support pursuing the things she's passionate about, or Lena didn't get emotional support, but Lena got, like, resources dumped on her to develop her talents. Well, for Kara, other than Supergirl. <laughs> well, yeah. There was a heavy emphasis on Kara, don't run out and try to take on the world. <laughs> Which was, for her, the best thing, too. <laughs> yeah, but that was for her emotional benefit. Exactly, yeah. But obviously, there was a lot of support for her, you know, finding hobbies that she was into or for her emotional well-being. Yeah. Although she was a little lost in season one. She was. <laughs> in terms of finding her own place in the world. But that makes sense for Wendon in terms of his growth from when we meet him in season one to when he goes off to the future. The support in his life plays a huge role in getting him there. And... That brings us to the various members of the Superfam and their relationship with Wynn. Yeah, it was interesting going back and thinking about Wynn, how much he really became folded into Kara's, what you'd consider even her immediate family, actually. Yeah. Very early in the season, he is shown with her and her family. Yeah, she invites him to Thanksgiving. Yeah, and that friendship with Kara that we get a little bit more depth on as season one goes on, and we see some flashbacks of how they met and stuff, really helps Wynn recognize, like, that people care. <laughs> it does. Helps him sort of understand that he's valued as a part of a family and a friend group. And that sort of, I think, starts with, like I said, Thanksgiving and Kara refuses to let Wynn be alone because he doesn't have any family. And she asks about friends and he says no. And she starts Friendsgiving, which is something that they've kept up with a lot over the season. So Yeah, well, and the important thing there is that Going back to kind of their different foundations, Karin knows that her whole family will be welcoming because they welcomed her. Yeah. So that also was very sweet in that way. Mm -hmm. Kara collects all the people who need families and brings them into the fold. Kara and Alex both co-collecting people. <laughs> they just take them out of the crowd of National City. Right? Kara at everyone. Are you sad and lonely? <laughs> do you need a family? Alex at everyone. Do you need a sibling? <laughs> Start like a Craigslist. <laughs> so Wynn plays a role in Kara's life and in the show's life where he is at the center of the origin of certain things like Friendsgiving and Kara's super suit. And he's also the first person that she decides to tell that she's Supergirl to. Right. And it's also important to consider that all the way to now, Wynn's the only person that Kara has ever told just because she wants to be happy about it and mm -hmm. because she already knows that the, the response is going to be positive. Yeah. With Nia, for instance, she told her because she wanted her to understand how deeply Kara can relate to Nia's situation. So it was to help Nia more so than it was for Kara to just open up to somebody and 
kind of celebrate being Supergirl and being an alien. Yes, although part of it was also that she was sad and lonely because <laughs> of Alex. That's that's fair. <laughs> but the the sort of explicit reason that she gave. Yeah, no, was, you're right. Yeah, and then obviously we had like Lucy, who she told because she wanted Lucy's help to go save Alex <laughs> from being shipped off to Cadmus, and then uh, she pointedly didn't tell Cat. <laughs> and James and Jean both already knew. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't really been given a choice about Lena now either. <laughs> yeah, well, she... Well, um, she had been actively choosing to say nothing, but... The reason that she considered telling Lena was more for Lena's sake and that she backed off several times when she thought it would be better for Lena for her not to tell her. So it's still not so much about just wanting to be closer and celebrate who she is. Yeah, so Wynn's like that genuine best friend who she has that... They make this pretty explicit in the story, like the equivalent of a coming out moment too. Mm-hmm. Very similarly to the scene with Kara and Alex in season two, where Alex is the one sharing something personal. And the other thing that's really neat when we start to get to see Kara and Wynn interact more in season one after he's able to kind of put aside his crush on her is you understand why they're friends. Like, they're both dorks. (laughs) It's important (laughs) in any friendship. And I mean that in like a completely loving way. They have a very similar kind of nerdy sense of humor. They like to play the same kind of like silly board games and do karaoke and Mm -hmm. they both also have this sense of feeling like they're on the outside a little bit partly due to how they grew up feeling not attached all the way to like the family situation they were in Mm, yeah and the other thing that's interesting kind of connected to the family thing is that we learn in season one and it comes back again later in the series is that Wynn has a kind of similar weight on his shoulders related to the legacy his parents left behind and in a way that I think Kara relates to. Mm, Like they don't talk about it all that much, but they do share emotionally in a way that you don't see Kara do with too many people other than like Alex and Jean. Mm-hmm. He also, remember in the Toy Man type episode, Childish Things in season one, when was having an emotional conversation with Kara about his father, and he said that Kara has someone like that in her family too, because Astra was running around at the time. Oh, yeah. So there's definitely that sense of your family's history weighing on you for both of them. Something also with Wynn and Kara that I thought was interesting is that while Wynn obviously thought of Kara at one point as on like another level than him, he generally let her her be imperfect. Yeah. Like, for instance, with Siobhan and talking about how Kara is allowed to not like Siobhan. Oh, yeah. Where he says the thing about, like, that's a Supergirl line. It's okay if Kara is upset. Yes. <laughs> and stuff like reminding Kara that she has super hearing and she can listen in on conversations. And- <laughs> <laughs> or when she breaks her phone and he's like, I'll just go get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whereas, like, if you compare the way that James saw Kara mm. to the way that Wynn sees Kara, there's a certain level of moral weight to James's expectations of what Kara does, whereas Wynn has a little bit more leeway and kind of a best friend way that I think suits that role. Yeah. And then in terms of Wynn's growth, Kara is sort of the initial friend force that sort of cements Wynn's role in this super family and convinces him a little bit that he belongs there and that he deserves to be there. I thought it was interesting looking back at season one when Kara was sort of giving her goodbye tour when she thought that she was going to die in fighting 
non and indigo. She says to Wynn, thank you for being such a great friend always from my first day at work here. My first day is Supergirl. Your friendship has been one of the best parts of my life. And Wynn in season three says to James, I made some true friendships. That has been the best part of my life. Aww. So I thought that was a nice sort of continuity. I bet you they did that on purpose. <laughs> and then in Childish Things in season one, Wynn says to Kara, but you, Kara, with everything that you have, everything that you are, no, you don't really need me. And then Kara says, please just let me be there for you the way you've been there for me. And I think that this is something that Wynn has over time internalized because he says to Alex in season two, family's not about scorekeeping or who did more. It's just about showing up. Yep. It's like he learned some stuff. Yes. Some emotional growth. And so that kind of takes us nicely to Wynn and Alex's relationship. Yeah. Their relationship as friends was somewhat unexpected because they didn't interact a ton in season one. But then with the switch to having Wynn at the DEO in season two, all of a sudden they were in each other's space a lot more. Mm -hmm. Hot space. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Space. But in a way that worked out really nicely, kind of like I said before, with the way that Wynn lashes out when he's angry was kind of reminiscent of Alex. Like their temperaments matched really nicely to each (laughs) other in a way. And the fact that they both have very similarly close relationships to Kara in like a space where she can be vulnerable with them Mm. and that they both, you know, care about her. And that was one of the things that they would connect with each other about, especially initially. Yeah. But even from the very beginning, they almost have like this precursor to like a very sibling-y dynamic because Wynn is intimidated by Alex (laughs) for most of season one Mm -hmm. and into season two just from knowing about her through Kara and have the few times he's met her she's very closed (laughs) off with him a little bit yeah in her Alex way in her Alex way yeah but he does connect and he calls Kara out for uh, playing on his vulnerability about dad issues when Kara and Alex come to him (laughs) wanting help looking for Jeremiah Mm -hmm. and then in season two when you see them interact together they get to do sciencey things together like Mm -hmm. they're fun science pals which (laughs) Alex needs more of those (laughs) but also I don't know if anyone else gets this vibe from it but like when kind of trailing around with Alex at the DEO just reminded me so much of those flashbacks of little Kara following (laughs) Alex around in middle school like like new kid he didn't know anyone else yeah (laughs) (laughs) new kid following Alex around because she's popular (laughs) yeah god stop bothering me (laughs) also in season two they became over time action bros (laughs) yes they did action pals like when in Supergirl lives in season two, Wynn is shaken up after he was almost killed and Alex tells him essentially to go on a mission to space to be able to work the other side of a portal because he's their tech guy. And and because he's important to saving Kara too. Yeah. <laughs> Sibling team up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and Wynn says, I'm not going to be of any help to you out there. That's sort of indicating his low self-worth and the idea that he doesn't really belong there. And he says, I'm scared. And then Alex talks about how she was scared too on her first mission out. Which is interesting because I don't think we've ever heard her admit that to anyone else. Yeah. At least not in that way. Yeah, that is interesting. And she says nobody gets better by running away, which is sort of advice in terms of pushing Win to succeed and like achieve as a hero. And then of course that storyline ends with him defeating an alien in a fight on that planet and 
saying, I'm not the red shirt, which means he's not the sort of expendable character that is just there to die and then not be thought about again, like in Star Trek. And he ends up having gone to another planet and collects that little jar of dirt. (laughs) And that's sort of an interesting kind of baby step toward him eventually going to the future. Yeah. And it's really cool that he gets a lot of those moments with Alex, particularly now that we've seen a few more flashbacks of like teenage Alex and Kara, because the advice that she's giving is a bit similar sometimes. But from very early in season two and then throughout season three, Alex and Wynn develop this really nice, very sibling-ish honesty with each other about certain kinds of things. Like very early on when Alex and Kara are fighting because Alex feels like Kara's kind of thinking about abandoning her. Wynn kind of intervenes and is like, hey, you know, you need to be more understanding. It's not about how much credit each person gets or how many times, you know, you've done this versus she's done that. Like if you care, you care. That's that's it. And it was also interesting. He is the first person who suggests out loud that Alex might be attracted to Maggie. <laughs> like he says it as a joke, but he's right, which is kind of a funny commentary on how well he reads people. <laughs> interesting. And then they also both get kidnapped by the White Martians together, which is like someone was conspiring to hurt Jean by taking his children. Uh, <laughs> kidnapping is a pastime of the fam kidnapping is a trope of the superhero genre this is why Kara is so stressed out about too many people knowing who her family members are Hmm. it puts them at risk but there's also just a lot of other little they're comedic moments but they also really build up this relationship like when Monel persuades Wynn to let him out of the DEO and they get in the fight and Wynn comes in the next day and his face is all beat up and Jean's chewing him out for what he did in a very you know boss slash parenty kind of way Alex just walks up to him with this little smirk and is like, you look like crap. (laughs) (laughs) And his response is equally, like, sarcastically irritated. (laughs) And that they remain in that place for the rest of his time in the series and express, like, equal amounts of concern for each other, but in, like, a humorous way. Wynn tries to get really protective of Alex after she gets kidnapped later on in season two and threatens the guy when they're Mm. arresting him, even though Wynn can't hurt him. (laughs) (laughs) And then after they both get infected by pestilence in season three, Alex wakes up and sees that the other bed is empty and she's immediately afraid that like when died and when Jean tells her he's fine she's like god he's back to work what a suck up like (laughs) it's just interesting in kind of what this particular relationship has told us about both characters and who they are as people over the course of the series because for Wynn this is him recognizing that he's like connected to people and really part of a family Mm -hmm. like literally (laughs) because he met Alex through Kara he's been taken to Kara's family gatherings Mm -hmm. and now he and Alex spend a lot of time together and they have a relationship that's genuinely just about them and not about Kara. Yeah. So in that, it's like a big growth thing for him. But it also really shows you who Alex is as a person and the kind of like compassion and desire to care for other people that's at the root of who she is because, you know, Kara brought this other sad puppy to Thanksgiving and now Alex has another sibling. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's also interesting in terms of Alex and how she doesn't like warm up to people immediately and it takes time. But yes. And especially through his relationship with Kara and seeing that he cares about her, Alex is like, all right, 
You're valid. <laughs> I guess you're allowed now. <laughs> I accept you. Yes. And then they develop a nice relationship that doesn't have anything to do with Kara. That's about them as characters. Yeah. And you see that really culminated in, you know, their goodbye in season three, where Alex is crying openly after earlier in season three, she said to Jean, like, we don't want anyone to know that we cry. <laughs> yeah. And also how hard of an adjustment it was for her at the DEO in the beginning of season four after he left to the point mm-hmm. that Brainy started dressing up as him, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, to make her feel better. Do you like me now? <laughs> So, and that I am excited to see Wynn come back just to see him interact with both Kara and Alex because mm-hmm. it'll be cute. Yes. And it'll also be cute for Jean. <laughs> yes. Papa Bear. Oh, man. That would be nice to hear again, like if Wynn greets him that way. <laughs> <laughs> if he just comes diving out of like the space time continuum, <laughs> Papa Bear. He just falls through a portal and hugs him. But yeah, that was probably one of the cutest little casual, like funny moments in season two, but it actually says a lot about Wynn as a character and wins character growth. Mm -hmm. Especially in terms of Jean as a character who's like kind of more gruff and like slow to warm, kind of like Alex (laughs) to other people. This is why Jean's adopted Alex. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But then when seeing this guy and being like, yeah, that's that's my dad. (laughs) (laughs) It reflects that when is a little bit more confident in his role that he acclimates so well to a character like Jean. Yeah. Well, and for two reasons. Number one, because Jean is giving him feedback on like his job and how well he does there. Mm-hmm. And so that's a confidence boost for Wynn and very much the same way it was a confidence boost for Alex early on at the DEO. Mm-hmm. But also for Wynn who has all of this baggage about his actual father to be able to find someone that he can relate to in that way and feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a big thing for him too. Yeah. It makes me feel feelings. <laughs> But one of the other cool things that we've learned through the way Wynn relates to Jean is that he's probably one of the best ally characters to the aliens in the show out of any of the human characters that we've interacted with. He, of all the people that Kara's told actively who is human, is the only one who had like a positive reaction. (laughs) And he was already familiar with her culture. He learned some of the language. And then we find out throughout season three, he does the same thing with Jean, he starts trying to learn Martian to help Jean's dad. Mm-hmm. He reads actively about other alien cultures. Like when he meets Lyra in season two, he knows things about her home planet. Mm-hmm. He also, he has a couple of moments where he's like gleeful about seeing Jean use his powers or he's <laughs> asking nosy questions. That's very reminiscent of Alex and Eliza in season one. Mm-hmm. And it makes his journey from someone who's been so isolated and on his own and not thinking he can have like family type connections to people because his own family is such a mess that much more lovely because they all are embracing him, but he's doing all this work to return the favor. Yeah, he's like excited about aliens and their culture and superpowers and in a very like nerdy, happy way. And not in a creepy, culturally appropriative or (laughs) exploitative way. Exactly. So it's just nice that... That, you know, Wynn was the person that Kara chose to come out to first. And his very supportive role in the alien family is well earned. And then, you know, getting back to Wynn's growth as a character over time and the way that people influence him for the positive in order to grow. His mother comes back in season three and he realizes that his father didn't suddenly change. He didn't, you know, 
snap when just wasn't privy to the abuse that was happening in his parents' relationship. Although it is interesting to think about whether or not he picked up on things, maybe not consciously. Like in season one, Kara asks him, so you never saw any signs? And he says, no, he was quiet, scared to death of losing his job. And then he like pauses for a second and says he was angry. I guess no one knew how angry until it was too late. So he did apparently pick up on some of that, but didn't realize to what degree he was angry. But this sort of shifts the way that Wynne perceives his father and then in turn himself, because this directly confronts the idea that Wynne is undeserving because of his nature. And then it was also nice in terms of his mother's appearance, seeing her witness Wynne's role at the DEO and how well he's doing and how far he's come. And she talks about how she worried about him. And we can kind of reflect upon how the DEO has given Wynne some space to push himself to achieve and to help people and become a hero. And then the sort of big revelation for when possibly even above the situation with his father is that he realizes his mother didn't want to abandon him that there were like valid reasons that they were separated and it wasn't about mm-hmm. when as a person yeah and then he talks to james about it later on in the season says after we reconnected my mom and i i hadn't realized like so much of my baggage was tied into her abandoning me and then he says and now i can finally let myself imagine what i'd do if i could do anything and he also talks about how despite his circumstances he has done pretty well. Mm. And that's very much tied to the support that he's gotten from the space fam. And so he is in a good place to hear this from his mother. And he also gets that support from James to sort of let himself open up to her to then maybe get past this last thing so that at the end of the season, he's able to pursue the future. <laughs> so his mother's reappearance both addresses the idea that Wynne doesn't deserve love because she did, in fact, want to be with Wynne and that it opens him up to thinking that he deserves to succeed. Yeah. And really pivotal at that last sort of stage and throughout, you know, Wynne's growth as a character is the relationship between Wynne and James. Yeah. So Wynne and James are the last big place where you see Wynne's growth as a character who connects to other people because they actually start out as not exactly rivals, but there is tension there because they both initially are kind of into Kara. Mm-hmm. And thank God that love triangle disappeared um, <laughs> before it ever really came to fruition. Well, I think that was the fruition that the show was going for is like subverting it and make, oh, no, I know. making them friends. Well, yeah. And that was actually one of the coolest things in season one that they really made a point to set up a trope and then actively make sure you knew they were subverting it. They love love doing that. <laughs> they do. And honestly, you know what? It needs to happen more. So keep doing it. <laughs> but they have this really great shift from being kind of uneasy around each other and being sarcastic about whether or not they respect each other mm-hmm. to the point where they have this wonderful, really emotional scene with each other in season three, acknowledging how close they are. And not only was this an important relationship for Win, it also we find out had a really big impact on James, like in season two, towards the end of the season, Wynne has been supporting James in his guardian adventure this whole time. He's feeling very frustrated about that, but then also he's met Lyra and wants to include her. And there's this big disconnect with James because he feels like Lyra's a distraction. She's kind of terrible hero. (laughs) Yeah, she's not really a good fit. (laughs) for this activity Mm -hmm. um and james is like trying to be nice about it but it backfires lyra gets really angry yells at win considering win's history with 
his parents' relationship being abusive, like lots to unpack there. Um, um, there sure is. No, we don't have time to unpack all that. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, when James comes around to apologize, he says that he should have handled it differently and that win matters to him as a friend in a way that he hasn't experienced since he came to National City. And he specifically mentions that Wynn feels like a brother to him in the same way that Clark always did, mm-hmm. which knowing how much Wynn gets excited every time he sees Clark, that <laughs> has to say a lot because Wynn at this point in the season is really not feeling like he's capable of being a hero in the way that the rest of his friends are. Mm-hmm. And that then connects back to Wynn's development throughout all of season three and the conversation he and James have in the Pestilence episode where Wynn is finally coming to the realization that, you know, maybe there are more things he can do with the talents that he has. Mm, And then that ultimately leads to Wynn's tech development that we find out becomes the underpinning of a lot of things that save lives in the future. Mm -hmm. The moral of the story is have friends. friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, their development of their relationship is nice. And James definitely, I think, toward the end of Wynn's time on the show previously was the sort of main support for him in terms of emotionally and in terms of pushing him forward to succeed. Their development is interesting on an emotional level because we see that James sort of always makes sure to be there for Wynn. Mm -hmm. It's a nice, consistent thing we see pop up again and again, which is funny because it started off as like a lie on James's part to get information from Wynn at the DEO when he wanted to sort of jump into being guardian and he got a bat and a mask or something and he stopped by the DEO and said like, oh, I, I had some free time on my hands and I've kind of missed you from Kako. And then Wynn says, that's nice and kind of weird for you to say. <laughs> so that lets you know where they are in terms of their relationship at that point. But then that develops into something real that we see happen. For instance, in Supergirl Lives, when Wynn is upset, James visits him because he knows he's upset about almost dying in Shot Through the Heart when Wynn is singing karaoke and then he sees the news report that his father died. James follows after Wynn as he goes outside and when sort of tries to get him to go away, he says, just go inside. And James says, I'm not going back in. And then when says, okay. So there's that sort of acceptance that James has really planted his feet in the relationship. He's not going anywhere. And then in Make It Rain, when Wynn is upset about Deimos dying, he says mm. to James, Alex said that you were going to go see the mayor. And James says, yeah, but I came to see about you first. So he really makes a point to emphasize to Wynn that he's a priority and that he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and then James also also just encourages Wynn initially to go on like guardian adventures and be the man in the van and become heroes themselves in season two. And then, you know, in season three, when Wynn is dying and he talks about how he wishes that he had more time to sort of be anything, James says, you are going to do everything that you want, which kind of reminds me of Kara's, you will have all the things to Alex Mm -hmm. and that kind of implicit support. And he encourages Wynn when he's down about Dumas's death in terms of feeling like a failure in the technology he created and then he encourages when 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 thinks that it's like too hard a thing to go and leave for the future and sort of leave behind his family and friends that he's worked so hard for like it's too difficult and james compares it to him deciding to maybe come out as guardian and how 
about something that he really wants to do and like he sees the value of it, but it seems like it's too hard a thing. And that sort of frames it for when to eventually come to the conclusion that this is important for him to do. He says, I got to go. I've been searching for my calling. You know, this is it. I must save the future. So it's just nice to see this progression and and uh, the way that all the characters influence Win and help him to believe that he deserves to succeed and deserves to have a family and push him from Kako to the DEO to space to the future. And then it's just funny because his family is the thing that eventually gives him the strength to leave them behind in order to succeed. Yes. Speaking of Wynn being embraced into like the super family and that evolution of him kind of recognizing that he deserves to succeed, that he has connections to other people, and that he has a strength to him the way he is. It was actually kind of funny that season three had almost every member of that core family group learning something new about their parents. Because <laughs> we had Sean surprise find out that his dad was alive. Ta-da. We had Kara surprise find out that her mom was alive. We had Wynn's mom appear out of nowhere after we didn't even know what the deal was with her and his dad suddenly died. Really, Alex was the only one who didn't get a surprise, but maybe this is because Alex gets the Thanksgiving surprise announcement every year. <laughs> so this yes. is like cosmic balancing out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, somehow. <laughs> Alex stresses out her parent and then for everyone else, their parents stress them out. <laughs> <laughs> All the weight of the other parents stressing out their children is a counterweight to Alex just stressing out Eliza. (laughs) But it is interesting that we have these sort of contained episodes for advancement for Wynn. And it almost makes sense that we'll see him come back in season five for an arc contained within a couple episodes because that's usually how they go about his character, which ties into who he is as a character in terms of his doubts about his role in the group dynamic and how Kara was like, we don't always talk about it, but he keeps everyone going. And he's sort of this consistent backbone character running throughout the episodes without a lot of focus on him and then the lens turns to him occasionally for more win heavy episodes but it'll be interesting to see him have an arc in season five and we'll have to see what he's like and how he's grown as a character in the future and how he feels about the work he's doing there it kind of brings to mind his alternate universe self from the earth x crossover when he was this like general character as kind of a contrast to win who's more unsure and i wonder if we'll see him have come into his own more in like a leadership position that would be interesting yeah so that wraps up our character exploration of win shot in advance of his return for season five which we're looking forward to obviously yes and so we'll be back again in a couple of weeks with a new episode in the meantime if you want to hit us up with comments questions or suggestions you can reach us at supergirls attic on our website instagram tumblr twitter or gmail and thanks for listening